Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight. I am your host and shop owner. So this week we're doing something that we've never, ever, ever done before. Usually our podcast recordings are live in the shop every week. And then this time we decided to do it over Zoom conference. The reason being with the coronavirus epidemic our pandemic, we decided that although our store was open for business, we didn't want to force people to have to be shoulder to shoulder and we wanted them to be able to have a comfortable distance. So keeping that in mind, we decided to take it virtual, which is actually really exciting for me because it gives the opportunity for you listeners, a lot of the people that listen aren't able to come in, it gives us the opportunity to connect with you guys on Zoom and see your faces and hear your questions live and in real time. So that part of it was really exciting. Uh, You might notice that the audio sounds a little different because we weren't recording in the shop. So just bear with us and I hope that you enjoy the content and I do think that the sound came out pretty great um, considering what we were doing on the fly. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Lee. Before I get into her credentials and what's written here about the class, I want to let you know that Lee is my personal psychic. I work with her every three months or so, mainly for business. So I have these ideas and these plans, and I also connect to my ancestors and guides. But sometimes when you are so just enthralled with your own life and you're so in it, it helps to get an outside perspective. And I call my meetings with her my board meetings because our board for Modern Mystic Shop are our guides and angels and ancestors and all of these unseen forces that have really pushed us forward. And so she helps me to connect with my board. And so I just wanted to sort of tell you guys that. So I, I recommend a reading with her. Her website is Lee, L-E-A, on earth.com. I'm lucky enough to get to see her in person because she pretty much lives in my neighborhood. However, uh, she does virtual readings as well, and she's my favorite. So I just highly, highly recommend you giving her a, a try. Now let's talk about this class. In this class specifically, Lee Morgan rejoined Sunday School to share how to take your psychic abilities to a professional level. She explains that having a psychic ability isn't all that unusual. But what is unusual is having the ability and having good boundaries, a grounded nature, and the ability to make and stick to solid business decisions. Lee discusses what it entails to structure metaphysical work into a business, while also providing ways to keep yourself at peak performance and health. She also shares some real-life examples of situations she has encountered unexpectedly with clients. And those are the best stories. I have some of those of my own and it's just incredible. Doing psychic work is just so incredible with that. You never, ever know what's going to happen. So more specifically about Lee, as I mentioned, she is a psychic medium offering mediumship and intuitive guidance readings. Previous careers in advertising and interior design coupled with what she learned in her own recover from alcoholism provided much of the skill set she would need to make her psychic abilities a profession successfully. All of her offerings are intended to provide healing, connection, faith, peace, love, and hope to her clients. She also hopes to normalize the perception of psychic work with her down-to-earth manner and by sharing her journey openly through workshops, interviews, and information provided on her website, leeonearth.com. I just love that so many of our guests 
uh, just share our mission, which is to normalize and destigmatize what it means to be a psychic, intuitive person in the world. And I'm so glad that these people have found us and we found them and therefore you get to experience them. So without further ado, I introduce to you once again, Lee Morgan, the business of being psychic. Thank you, Modern Mystic, for giving us this really exciting way to experience each other today. Uh, it's a strange time, but I love gatherings like this. Uh, we can share positive information and be together. So this is an interesting test run, and I really appreciate you all being a part of it. So I am a psychic medium. Um, I'm in my fifth year of providing my services to the public. And what this has done is given me a span of time I can look back on and see from a business perspective uh, what has worked, what hasn't, uh, what was really to my benefit that I just happened to start at the beginning, what wasn't. Um, and also it's given me perspective on how many people there are in the world who have psychic aptitude. Um, once you put yourself out there, uh, which is one of the challenges of doing this, then people will confide in you about their experiences. They will uh, come to you clearly for your services. And you start to recognize that many more people than you had ever anticipated uh, have a very high psychic aptitude. So what I'm going to talk about today is what does it mean if you have a high psychic aptitude and you want to take this into a business enterprise? Uh, my experience, just a tiny bit about my experience, and I think we'll all find this. Everybody who wants to do this will find your past experience. Um, my experience is that I worked for, gosh, over 25 years in advertising as a project manager, uh, which means I had a natural aptitude for, and then a lot of experience in timing, uh, scope, getting the right resources for the right needs, uh, completion of things, uh, learning when things weren't uh, going to be completed in time or when we needed more resources or less resources. So the ability to kind of change midstream with a plan. I also worked in interior design, um, and in that situation, I had my own business with a partner, so I learned a lot of uh, just really logistical business needs as far as like incorporating and filing taxes and what you can write off and what you can't write off and uh, just ways to organize things to make them more monetarily uh, solid. So I've just had a lot of experience before I even did my first reading about how to be in business, how to help business run smoothly, and um, you know how to know what to do when. So I hope that makes sense. Um, let me go ahead and apologize for this glare situation. I have to have my glasses on or I can't see you all, and I really love to see your faces. So, um, and this is my office, by the way. Welcome to my office. This is not where I do readings. Um, but this is where I do all the stuff we're going to talk about today. I make all the decisions, I do all the online work, um, that sort of thing. So, so let's say you've got your abilities, you feel called in some way, I don't know a better word for it, to take them to others in a business exchange. Um, what do you do first? 
What's the first thing you do? Uh, the first thing you do is sit down and really get honest with yourself about who you are. Now, I want everybody to know there are no wrong answers to who you are. Who you are is who you are. And once you have a clear picture of that, you can make really good decisions for yourself. They don't need to be like other people's decisions. They don't need to be things that you've heard other people did. I mean, I have some of my closest friends in this same field and we make different decisions um, because we know who we are. We know who we are emotionally, physically, uh, intellectually, how we like to behave, how we like to interact with others, where our bandwidths lie. And that's what you want to respect most of all, right? So some really easy questions you can ask yourself are, um, my friends and I talk about this all the time, do I like to be self-directed or do I like to poll others and get kind of a general consensus and decide from there? Like, do I like input or not when I'm making decisions? Um, and as we go through, I'll use some examples of my business because that's the one I can offer you right now. But um, I'll tell you about an offering at the end and know that if I worked with you, we would only be talking about you and the way you are and your business and where you are. So um, do I like, you know, another question is, do I like to delegate? Am I a really good delegator or do I like to have primary control? And some of these will be determined by like what kind of financial bandwidth you have when you start, but just, just to start, figure them out. Cause then you'll know where you're headed in business. Like even if you need to do it all yourself at first, if you know you like to delegate to really be in your wheelhouse of providing the service, that's what you'll be aiming for, um, with your business. Um, do you want to work um, as a solo practitioner or do you want to be in partnership with someone or do you want to be in kind of a collective? I mean, there are some people who work in a space that has lots of practitioners and they're a part of a collective. There's no wrong answer to that. Um, another thing to go ahead and get a handle on is are you easily influenced by others or not? Uh, that's going to come into play in several ways. It's going to come into play in you feeling good about the decisions you're making. Uh, and that might make you decide whether or not you want to share it all with somebody else or kind of keep it close to the chest. And I don't mean secretive. I just mean like not go around talking all the time about how you made your decisions. If, if other people's input could make you feel less powerful or in your body or in your space or whether you're not easily swayed by others. And it's fine to share all your, I'm, I'm personally not easily swayed, so I can talk about it all day long. And I know that what is right for you is you and me and is me and I'm cool with that. Um, some people just don't operate that way and that's not wrong, it just is. So just get a real handle on who you are, how you operate. Um, and then from there, we can go on to look at what I consider like the major things, the major topics um, under constructing a business like this, which are the logistics, um, your physical and energetic considerations, um, the actual business stuff, like I mentioned before, you know, LLCs, S-Corps, uh, business license, that sort of thing, um, and boundaries. And all of these are really important. And it's as I, you know, I mentioned that the longer I've done this, the long, the more I've realized that there are so many people with these types of abilities, which I love. And I also want to plug in, there's no competition. 
no one can be me and I can be no one else. So I like to encourage everyone to know that your energetic resonance, your vibe will bring your people and you don't need to worry about what other people are doing. In fact, in my world, some of my closest friends are practitioners and we, including Kelly, who owns you know, Modern Mystic, we refer amongst ourselves. We're very aware of our skill sets and our bandwidths. And we send, we have common clients. We send people to other people when other people fit them better. And it's a beautifully uh, symbiotic relationship between all of us, which is how it can be for everybody. So I want to put that out there immediately. So don't, I would, well, I don't want to say don't. I would advise you not to go into your endeavor thinking there's not space for me or somebody already does this or what if I'm not as good. Uh, you know, I mean, please always remember that fully booked is relative. You'll hear a lot of people say they're fully booked, but do they offer two readings a week or 20? <laughs> do that, you know, it, it, it's so relative. So try, try, you know, using your health practices and mental, uh, connection with spirit to just get secure in your story and who you are and why you are being encouraged to do this. Right. Um, a couple other things to know before we get to those four categories, when you choose to uh, endeavor business in this field, you are, you are either consciously or subconsciously, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you choosing a couple things. You are choosing to hold the center in many situations where other people cannot, right? So you are choosing, which is interesting because we're some of the most sensitive people, and yet I'm choosing or I'm committing really to live a lifestyle that allows me to find center when my client cannot, when my client is nervous or anxious or sad or overwhelmed or not physically well, uh, or even sometimes just overexcited. I've committed, no matter how challenging that may be for me, to hold the center, right? Because we are only as effective as our center. I really believe that. Um, and so these people I encountered that had this ability, many of them are overwhelmed. Many of them have physical symptoms or emotional symptoms or habitual symptoms that show that they're not at peak emotional, mental, physical health. Um, many of them have a hard time with boundaries. So they have really loose boundaries or none whatsoever. Um, and many of them you know, there's a varied experience with feeling self-confident in a business atmosphere. So let's go over the four things that can maybe help that, right? So first is logistics. This may sound simple to you. And, and I hope, I know I'm a psychic medium, but I hope this can relate to a lot of people who do a lot of different, uh, have a lot of different kind of offerings. Because, you know, if you're a healer or a practitioner of some sort of physical uh, healing, you know, or energetic, or if you're a reader, or if you use cards, or you don't, or you're, uh, whatever, you know, if, if you're working with people one-on-one -on -one generally, and they are coming to you, and you are going to provide a service to them that they don't have access to, right? So logistics, what are you offering? I mean, for me, this was kind of a big moment. What am I offering? Um, I knew that I could talk to the deceased. I also knew that I could get 
clarifying information from guides and benevolent sources about people's life direction. So I had to initially decide, do I want to start with one or start with two? Um, I started with two. Uh, also in what are you offering, you know, how long is it? You know, some people really want to do an hour. Some people really like 30 minutes. I decided to offer both. Um, how are you going to do it? And I mean, like we're still in logistics. So are you going to be in person face to face? Are you going to be virtual, but, but face to face like we are now, are you going to be just over the phone? Um, um, are you going to offer all of these, some of these, none of these, start with one, start with another. I, I have great friends who felt only comfortable um, on the phone at first. I personally felt more comfortable in person at first. Uh, there's not a wrong answer here. Just know your wheelhouse, right? And know what you feel you will or won't want to expand to because there are always going to be changes you make along the way in your business. Um, so where are you going to offer these readings? Are you going to have an actual business location? Um, are you going to have share a co-working space with someone perhaps who's also doing work like this? Are you going to do it from your own home? Like I said before, a lot of these might be financially uh, derived decisions at first, but know where you want to go with it, right? Know if and when this goes how I want, what do I want this to look like? Which, you know, also gets into manifestation, which is a whole nother Sunday school, but, but keep it in mind, all these things are interconnected, right? Um, and then when, you know, I know a lot of people who started just on the weekends, or they just like to do it in the evening, or they just uh, want to pick weeks or months out of the year that they offer. Um, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to go full time. Uh, however, I didn't start full time, which is something I've seen with almost every practitioner and it worked well for me. So I would plug it, which is I kept my kind of tried and true uh, methods of earning money and then started filling this in as I could. Now that was somewhat easy for me because I freelanced all my other work or, you know, it was my own business. Um, and I, I also find a lot of people who are called to this work tend to have a life set up like that already. So if you find your life has space for you to add it, um, then it probably does, right? So I started maybe one or two days a week, one or two readings a day, um, and progressed from there. I, I call it the bridge. That's not that unique or inventive of a word, but <laughs> it really was a bridge from where I was doing only interiors and advertising to where I was doing only uh, psychic work. And along the way, the percentages just changed, right? Um, so th those are logistics. And then a really big one is, um, your physical and energetic considerations for well-being. I don't take these lightly. I always, uh, the analogy I use for what I do for a living is this body is my vehicle and the health and well-being of this body determines how effective and present and centered we were holding the center I can be for people who are expecting me to be that way and rightfully so because I'm offering myself in that light right um, so I personally have to pay really close attention to how much sleep I get what kind of food I ingest when I eat what kind of exercise I get, 
what kind of meditative or spiritual practice I have, um, how I interact with my own guide team and deceased loved ones, uh, what kind of ceremony and ritual uh, I observe, um, and what are my biorhythms? Okay, like there's the whole rest of the world, and I know everybody, you know, who works regular, normal corporate jobs probably works nine to five, but when does Lee Morgan most connected with spirit? When is she most present for others? When is she, uh, it's almost like, when am I most in the flow, right? And I noticed for me, it was definitely between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. So, as much as I want my offerings to fit everyone, I knew that if I was gonna give the best of what I had to offer, it really needed to occur between 10 and four, which meant when people were gonna ask for appointments outside of regular hours, which I encouraged for a while, and now I allow as possible, because as you become more fully booked, you know, there's only a finite amount of me, right? So you can only add what you haven't done. Um, I always find that I would prefer to add like a Saturday or Sunday morning reading rather than add an after five reading. And that's not just because I don't think it's fun. That's because I don't have the same capacity to be as effective for my clients. So I'm thinking of them, right? I'm thinking, when can I give them most what I desire to give them? And that's what my answer is. Um, also, as far as ritual, I, I always like to talk about this because ritual is an interesting thing. Sometimes when you first start, especially in business, it is common to think that you really need a, a, a set kind of rigorous, regimented ritual. And, and I listen, I want everybody to do what's right for them, but I just want you to know that at some point during your business, life will happen and you may not have time for said original ritual, right? And I want everyone to feel secure that spirits got you, right? If your intentions are pure, if your energy is clean, if you're doing everything in your power to be present and, and provide the service that you're offering, spirit's got you. So sometimes my ritual comes down to, please let me be of the utmost service to this client. It can be that simple. I also tend to hold the stone. Um, that's just me. I tend to like to sit in the same place in a room. There's no wrong ritual. The most important component of ritual is your belief. Your belief is what creates the energy that forms the bond that gives you what you're looking for, right? So it doesn't matter what other people do or don't do. Everyone is always suggesting things, which I think is lovely because some may hit you as like, that is perfect for me. I love that one. But if, some, if you hear someone talk and they suggest a ritual that doesn't resonate with you, don't feel like you need to perform that to do what you do. You, you have been given this ability and the ability to navigate it, right? So trust yourself. Um, then uh, the next thing to know is business. And we won't go over this a lot because it's not so interesting unless I'm sitting down with you one-on-one -on -one and we're trying to really hammer it out. But you know, do you wanna form an LLC? Um, do you want to have a website? And if so, do you want to create it yourself or do you want to hire someone to create it? Um, 
I happen to, I'll give you an example of this. Since I worked in advertising for so long, I had a lot of connections, friends, experience in um, handling projects that were websites. So I was pretty, and I'm pretty um, aesthetically particular. So I didn't have to think much about that. So I knew about user experience. I knew about, uh, you know, visuals or what works for people, or, or i had had lots of meetings and conversations about best time to promote things or when people are most likely to read their emails or, or what optimization of your search, uh, search engine optimization would look like on your site. So I just had this weird level or unusual level of knowledge about that kind of stuff. So I felt pretty confident doing it myself, although I will say it was maybe one of the hardest things I've ever done. I think I wore pajamas for like two and a half days and didn't eat enough and just sat in front of the computer like, oh my, my Lord. <laughs> but um, I did it and not everybody does it. Uh, and I'm not saying I won't have a professional redo it, <laughs> but to start, I did it. Um, I also knew um, pretty quickly, this falls under business because you're going to want to set this up at the start. I knew pretty quickly that I wanted... Um, scheduling software. I think I lasted three days trying to handle it by myself before I realized I have now become a professional emailer, text and phone answerer, trying to figure out how to fit all these people in. And it wasn't just one email or phone call or text to each person. It was multiple um, trying to figure out how to schedule them. So I, a good friend of mine was laughing because she has it. I was like, uncle scheduling software send recommendations now um i can't handle this <laughs> because it wasn't that's not what i need to be doing right i mean that's not where i need to use my gas that's not the best for everybody so i really quickly got scheduling software which means all of my appointments are made online the client can choose you know and there's questionnaires that go into it and all this kind of stuff but i have a fair amount of experience with that um how are you going to get paid now we're going to talk about money and boundaries because money is kind of a big topic, but just logistically in a business sense, how are you going to get paid? Is it going to be automated? Are you going to hold a card and let them pay after they come? Are you going to take cash when they come? Are you going to take payment when they come? Are you going, you know, what, what are you going to do? Let me mention now that like all of these categories bleed into each other, right? So you kind of have to start deciding them all together and one answer somewhere will change an answer somewhere else. Um, but how are you going to get paid? Um, how are you going to try at the beginning to set yourself up for the taxes and the expenses? You know, can you go ahead and open a separate business account? Um, do you have a CPA or do you have a way of finding out online what uh, items you might want to go ahead and run through that account. Um, this stuff may seem simple to some people, but a lot of really sensitive people, sometimes these types of things are just not in their wheelhouse. And if they're not, that's fine. You know, pick the things where you need advice or you need help from people. Um, also in the business aspect, you know, are you, what are you going to do on social media? You know, seemingly simple questions like, are you going to keep the accounts you have? Or are you going to open business ones? If so, are you going to post from one to the other or do they have totally different vibes? You know, do you want to keep one just friends and one public or where are you with all that? It sounds like an easy decision, but not necessarily. Um, and then things like if you have, uh, are you going to offer gift certificates? 
uh, also seems like a simple uh, a thing to decide, and it's a wonderful thing that people want to give gift certificates. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, and this kind of comes down into uh, back into the payment we'll talk about in boundaries, is that percentage-wise in all my readings, the largest number of no-shows and disconnects all come from gift certificates. Uh, this is not because anyone is bad or anyone is doing anything wrong. It is because the work we tend to provide is very personal and very time-sensitive. Uh, and so people who have had a wonderful experience with you, of course, want to share this with friends or loved ones. And that is a wonderful intention. It's just not always the right time for the right person. Um, so if you do offer them, do you want to mention that? Um, so, and there's other business things, but you get the gist, right? Of kind of like all the, the business stuff you have to think of no matter what you're offering. Um, as we move into boundaries, I do want to mention, you know, not only are, this is, this is kind of a introduction to boundaries. So remember earlier when I mentioned, if you are going to enter this business, please know that you're entering into a contract where although you might be the most sensitive person in the room, you are going to be the most centered person in the room no matter what that takes. Um, you're also entering into a business, and there are lots of other businesses like this, and, and like that, by the way, like firemen or doctors or policemen, they have to be the most centered, even though, you know, over and over. You're also entering into a business where you are going to repeat yourself. You are, you are often, I mean, you will have repeat clients, but if business goes well, if your offering expands, you are going to be constantly meeting new people who have varied levels of experience and knowledge about what you do and how you do it. So know that you are going to be the saying the same thing or a version of the same thing. Every time you meet with somebody, you are going to be answering the same questions over and over and over. So I encourage you to search yourself and make sure there are things you're passionate about or you feel called to enough that it's not going to bother you. <laughs> Does that make sense to everybody? I mean, it, you are just gonna say it over and over and over and over and over. I have a friend uh, that was a hypnotherapist and I can't say this was the only reason, but one of the reasons she ceased practicing was because she told me she couldn't spend another day at the start of an hour explaining to somebody what was going to happen. And that may seem, that may seem silly or trivial or small. Wait till you've done it 5,000 times. And then it's like, okay, you know, what, is this really coming from me? Is this my true essence? Do I really want somebody to know this? Then it's kind of fun to repeat, right? Um, so keep that in mind. So boundaries are huge. Uh, one of the first ways you're going to experience boundaries, or I hope you're going to experience boundaries with your work, is by setting terms. Okay, terms are important. If you're in healing work, kind of I'm not a doctor terms are super important. If you're in any of this work, uh, terms are important as far as like canceling, rescheduling, um, no-shows, uh, you know, what, uh, what you, what you, the client is responsible for. If you have any kind of a practice where the client is responsible for bringing something, be it questions or a 
some sort of story, like if you're a healer, some sort of story about their health journey, a lot of times this can be handled back on the logistical business side with like online questionnaires, which is great because that's also an investment they're making if they take time to fill it out. Um, terms are really, really important. And, and I and most other practitioners I know have gone back in and revised terms based on things that have happened that you couldn't anticipate. So know that you want to try to be as thorough as you can up front. But if you have to go back and, uh, you know, add, edit, whatever to your terms, that's fine too. You'll find you're doing this with your website all the time anyway. I mean, things are always changing. I mean, even the world we're in right now, I just went back in and changed some stuff so people could see me in a way like this instead of just on the phone and they would feel safe if they didn't want to come to my home. Um, so it's always changing. Um, phone is a really big, interesting situation with boundaries. So I happen to have had a really good friend who was in this work when I started this work and she had one phone. And because of the nature of her work, her clients had her phone number. And that's going to be different for different things. Like nobody has my phone number, but that's because for the work I do, it's not necessary. And it's a boundary I use to keep myself uh, from getting so much input. But I quickly saw from watching her that, you know, what she wanted had happened. Her business had exploded. She was very successful. She was helping people all the time. And so her free time was getting clouded by her work communications. And so she got a work phone um, that has solved everything. The way I handled it, like I just mentioned a second ago, is my phone number never became part of the equation. Um, that's personal. It is a boundary, I think. You're trying to say, where am I available? Where am I not? And it's all in the interest of best serving your client, right? Um, email. Are you going to have a separate business email? Or are you going to keep it in with your personal email? It may seem simple, but it's a big, it helps me to have two inboxes. I do have that because, and believe me, I mess up sometimes and send clients emails from my personal email. I mean, nothing's perfect, but it helps me because then I can see if there's anything in my work email box. I'm going to check that and be responsible to that immediately, right? Hi, it's me again. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. I wanted to pop in and say if you like what you're hearing, especially if you love what you're hearing and you listen to our podcast week after week and you gain anything positive from it, I would really appreciate it if you would share this podcast with anyone that you think we can help and serve through these messages. It is our goal in 2020 to grow this podcast to have a further reaching audience. And the way that we've grown our business in the past has been through word of mouth through people like you. So I'm just reaching out and asking if you have anyone that would benefit from these episodes, please, please share our podcast with those that are near and dear to you so we can help grow our global community and we can grow and learn and transform together. Thank you so much for listening. And now back with our episode. Uh, so money, let's talk about money. Money seems to be a, a really, in, uh, what's the right word? Let's just say interesting, <laughs> interesting topic with regard to people who have the, just the authentic nature of these aptitudes. There seems to be a challenge with money. It feels messy or selfish or hard or um, confusing or I don't know. It never did to me, but maybe I'm just 
I don't know what's up with that, but it's common. Would anybody agree that that, can anybody nod their head if they think that's a common feeling amongst practitioners? So here's what I know. I'm not saying it has to be money and I'm not saying how much it has to be. It can be bartering. Shoot, I've bartered with other practitioners or people that have a service for me, but here's what needs to happen. There needs to be an energy exchange that you feel comfortable with and that allows you to live in a nice, normal manner so that you can keep all these other thing ba things balanced to offer what you offer in the most responsible light. Does that make sense? So it's your job to figure it out. But um, for me, it was money. Um, I've also found that a couple of things that happen with money, one, so it's an investment. If someone is investing their time and their money to come get my service, that directly relates to their investment when they're in with me. I mean, it is proportional. So like I said before about the gift certificates, right? The most disconnects I've gotten is because the person's not invested. That doesn't make them wrong. That makes them not ready to be invested, right? It's not about being right or wrong. Um, so it, it, the other thing it does, and this will come into play once you've done it thousands and thousands and thousands of times, <laughs> is it keeps me right-sized and right-minded about being invested in them right? I may have done this four times already today, but you know what? This is your money and this is your time and it is my job because I've chosen it to honor you for that. And I feel absolutely energetically compensated. And so I'm able to calmly sit and be present and be of absolute service to you for an hour without worrying about my life falling apart. Does that make sense to people? So and also just charge. I mean, this will change rates do go up. There's always somebody at a different rate. You know what I mean? Like everybody's going to have their own feelings about it. Everybody's going to have their own feelings of offering a sliding scale or not, uh, whether they just do pro bono work or offer readings for, um, for nonprofit charity events and such, whether or not you're going to ever have a discount. All super personal, you don't have to do what anybody else has done. Do keep in mind that once you've done it, because humans are humans, it will be asked of you. And that doesn't mean you have to say yes again, but just know you kind of open the door for it um, to happen. Um, Another kind of uh, boundary that comes in is just absolutely common stuff. Like, is there going to be a time of day that you answer emails, return calls, answer texts? Are you going to be available 24-7? Are you going to be available 9 to 5 for that kind of thing? Are you going to be available 8 to 10 and then 5 to 7? Which is more like me because in the middle of all that I'm reading <laughs> or resting or walking the dog. Um, are you going to have a policy where you that you share or don't share, that you try to get back to people in 24 or 48 hours. Um, listen, I have worked with, I've been going to practitioners in, in this field for a long time, and I have worked with uh, 
a lot of people who have had some interesting practices that I've got to say, sometimes they, they veered to, into practices I didn't want to put up with anymore. And sometimes it was fine with me. Um, one of which is I used to work with a man who's kind of a spiritual advisor who would leave on his voicemail. Um, do not expect me to call you back because I can guarantee you right now, I will not call you back in a time that you consider acceptable. Um, it kind of hilarious. It worked for him. Um, and I've also worked with psychics who were notoriously late. I don't know if you've had any experiences with that. This one woman I used to go to who you would have an appointment at 10 and you'd show up and you'd maybe get in at 1230. Um, that wouldn't work for me. That worked for her and I did go to her a few times. But after a while, there becomes a time when I don't have that kind of bandwidth to wait for her. Now, her information this is an example of people who are super accurate with their psychic information, but they have a real lax or kind of different or whatever business practice, which is fine with them, but I don't believe it's how you maximize your business, right? Um, so also in boundaries, I believe really importantly are ethical considerations. So one of mine is what age person am I willing to work with? So I'm a psychic medium. So I will not work with anyone under the age of 18 without their parents present. Um, and, and even then I need to know their parents and I need to know the story. Right. And, and as with mediumship, that'll happen more than other things because there are deceased loved ones and there are parents who have been to grief counselors. And um, an amazing thing that's happened in my work is that grief counselors have actually started to recommend me to their clients, which is an amazing thing for all of us in this field, uh, that the worlds are kind of coming together. Um, but I wouldn't just be seeing a kid to be seeing a kid. You know, it needs to be really well thought out and, and probably a discussion with the parents prior and that sort of thing. Um, also in ethical considerations for me is how frequently I will and I'm going to say allow how frequently I will allow people to come back because here's the thing. You'll have a lot of clients that'll come to you like once a year and they're happy and they're good with that or whatever, whenever they feel like it. But there are clients who are in such deep grief or such pain if you're a healer or such, or they just need so much help right now. They're in such a place that if they have a good experience with you and this actually happened to me, they will sign up for two readings in a row the next week. My work and my belief system and my ethics, I don't believe, I don't care how much money there is in the world. You know, this is where, this is where money doesn't matter. It is not loving of me or uh, coming from a position of leadership for me to allow them to spend their time and money that way when I know spirit well enough to know that, that they're not going to get anything new or they're not going to get what they're looking for, or they need to learn to walk their life again before they check in with spirit. So I have some guidelines for um, how frequently people need to come. Now, here's an, an interesting thing that I'll need to study in the future. So far I've been able to keep up with it, but sooner or later, I'm not going to be able to keep up with Oh, wait a minute. You were just here. You know, and so there's going to have to be some other uh, way to handle that. But I always say, you know, if you're coming for intuitive guidance, 
you know, once a quarter is a maximum frequency. And if you're coming for mediumship, once every six months is a maximum frequency. I do think ethical considerations are important from those of us who feel really comfortable being boundaried with them because our field, I mean, you probably already know this already, our field is really watched for that. And I can't say, you know, I don't begrudge anybody that, you know, there are a lot of ethical and, and practitioners in every field and, and, and in every field there are practitioners with little ethics, but when people come to us, they are, they have a heightened awareness of their vulnerability, right? So they're going to be more uh, in tune with if they felt honored in an ethical way. Um, I, I, I've, I just have had more clients than I like tell me that they had an experience with a medium prior to me that was negative or harmful or hurtful in some way. And I, any of us who have any ability to influence that in the other direction, that's loving and thoughtful and uh, caring and um, boundaried is actually, you know, not just for us and our well-being. It is for uh, ultimately the well-being of those who seek our guidance. Um, so, I really think that is super uh, important. Um, let's see. So we've been over just a review. We've been over logistics, physical and energetic considerations, business considerations, and boundaries. Um, I'm going to tell you about a really quickly. I'm going to tell you about a couple of things that have happened to me that I didn't expect just for your own thinking and maybe you can think about them before you go further in your business or set up your business and then uh in about six minutes we're gonna open it up for questions um but here are some things that happened <laughs> so this is there's some that are common let me start with some common ones so somebody walks in your door sits down and tells you they are a skeptic or they don't believe in what you do that happens. Um, I personally am fine with skeptics, but I mean real skeptics, not people who have already decided how it's going to go, actual real skeptics. And I always kind of wink at spirit when they say that, because if they really, really weren't on some soul level interested in what was going on, then why are they there? So that's always kind of curious. So I just kind of always have a little chat with spirit, like help me help this person um, help me not be concerned with the, how they feel they believe, help me understand why they're here, help me understand how this can benefit them. You know, once again, just kind of, deflect, you know, I'm really good. I'm not good at delegating to humans, but I'm really good at delegating to spirit. Um, so another one is, uh, you know, somebody's cancels at the last minute. Um, against your policy and it ha there's two different ways it happens. Somebody has a sick child or somebody uh, decided to do something else. To me, those are two very different things. You think about it um, in your own business. Um, I've been known to hold boundaries of terms and I've been known to let them go. It's all dependent on the exact situation. Um, what if someone just wants to talk? So I've had a lot of people show up who 
want to talk to me more than they want me to talk to them. Now, initially I felt like, oh crap, I'm not doing my job. I'm not giving them what they want. And upon some kind of meditation and further reflection, I realized, what if that's what they need? What, you know, and that kind of goes to my thing I always say to spirit is help me give this client exactly what they need. And if they need to be heard for 50 minutes out of the hour, then that's my job to hear them. Um, uh, what if somebody, so I work from home. I've had, a, it's only happened a few times. So what if somebody comes in, or, or you could have your dog at your co-working space or your office. What if somebody comes and they're allergic to your pets? That has happened. It will happen again. Um, so what if someone wants to break outside of your pay, however you've decided to get paid, what if they want to do it differently? You know, like for me, what if I get paid on PayPal before you get here? What if somebody wants to bring cash? Um, and an even more interesting one that brings in an ethical element that I'll leave you to decide on yourselves. What if they want to bring cash because they don't want to tell their husband what they're doing? Things you'll run into that you never thought you would run into, right? What are you going to do? Uh, what if you don't have any kind of uh, writings out about offering a sliding schedule or free readings and someone asks for one? I guarantee that'll happen too. I guarantee you, if you get what you want, which is a thriving business, someone is going to ask you for something that you cannot give them, even if it's your time, right? Um, here's a big one that really kind of threw me for a loop, which may be a personal problem because I'm a recovered alcoholic. What if somebody shows up under the influence? What are you going to do? What, uh, that, that for me was interesting. It's happened a few times. I've handled it a couple of different ways. Um, but that can happen. I mean, you're probably dealing with a lot of empaths and sensitive people, so we're not judging them, but we are also the ones who have to be in control of whether or not what we're offering is of benefit at that juncture, right? Um, what if somebody is early? What if they're late? This happens all the time. What if they're late and they show up and they're in a bad mood because they're late and they are inexperienced with channeling anger in the right place and they're mad at you. That will happen. Um, what if two people show up thinking one wants to be a pro, um, like a, you know, just a audience member and one wants the service or if they show up and they want to know if they can split the service, even though the service is for one person, what do you do? They're already at your door. You know, they're already, um, what if that changed a lot for me? I'll go ahead and tell you for business practice. This is something I did midstream that changed a lot for me when I started, uh, I put more words on my website about it and I started charging for additional people. Um, so that really changed that. Um, what if you like me are somewhere where you don't have a lobby or a waiting room and people have, I've had people do this, drive in from out of town together and one has a reading and one has a reading after that. How do you accommodate that? Is there someone somewhere in your neighborhood that you can send the other person to be comfortable and happy like a coffee shop or what? Um, someone brings a child. I've had that happen several times and that will differ. Like in, I've had people bring 
breastfeeding infants, which to me is of no consequence and actually makes everything lovely and wonderful. <laughs> and then I've had people bring toddlers. I've had people bring older kids. Um, this may, this for me has kind of been on a case by case basis, but to be honest, there's not a whole lot you can do once it happens. Um, let's see what, you know, this kind of goes back to community. What if someone asks you for a service that you don't provide, or, you know, a colleague of yours is a, an expert in, I mean, that's an easy one for me. I always refer them. <laughs> um, that's, those are some good examples. I can ask, I mean, I can ask, forget that. I can answer um, any questions you might have. And, and I hope this has been helpful. So anyway, questions? I guess you have to raise your hand if you have a question. I can see you and your name. Some people I can't see, which I also get. I'm quite often hidden on these things. But if you have a question, make yourself visible. I don't see any hands. Does anybody, just raise your hand for this. You don't have to say anything. Does anybody already have a business in action? Okay, one, two, two. Has anything you've heard today, you, could you relate to it or could you use it in your business? Yeah? Is anybody thinking of taking their um, offerings to a business exchange? Okay, great, okay. Um, do, do any of you all thinking of doing it? Have any questions that I could better answer for you? Emily. Yes. Can somebody, Kirsten, can you unmute Emily? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So what I'm struggling with, and I don't know if I know the answer, but how did you decide on your rates? Like someone came in to see me recently, um, and had a great, um, session. Um, and she also does similar work and she said, you're so underpriced, you know, um, you're undervaluing yourself. And I say that, you know, in love and it was great. It was a great wake up call. She was like the third person to tell me that. So I readjusted my rates. Right. Um, and, but what I did is I just tried to do research. I mean, is that what we do? We just go out and research and see kind of where other people are to kind of base. Yeah. So I always think of it as like, treat it like you would any other really important topic in your life. Like for you, I know you have a son, right? So treat it like, what would you do if you were trying to figure out a school for your son, right? right? So you would, this is, you would one, talk to spirit, get quiet, put, write down the number that comes to you. Mm -hmm. And then pick, I'd say, two individuals that you respect immensely or you feel like they have what you want or, a similar product or just a good money sense, right? Mm -hmm. Or some clean energy around money and then ask them their opinion. Let's say you ask two people mm -hmm. and then you have your number and then their two numbers. Well, first of all, if any of the numbers are the same, that's a good indication. <laughs> and um, if not, you know, I, this is going to go back to like, who are you? Some people are more comfortable starting smaller and raising more frequently as the need arises. Some people are comfortable kind of starting the middle, you know, it's, there's not a wrong way to do it as long as you're having an energy exchange. And as long as whatever you're charging allows you to provide your service and live in a way that keeps you calm. I'm not saying that keeps you on vacation in Aruba. I'm saying that keeps you like eating healthy food or being able to get good rest at night or you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Being able to be comfortable in your own skin because that will affect how you are with the 
clients. Does that help? Yeah, it does help. Thank okay, you. great. Anything else? Yes, Kirsten. Um, so I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about uh, saying no. Um, oh, wow. I think that it's a thing that a lot of us aren't comfortable with, especially because I notice predominantly here we have a lot of women in this space right now. If you can just talk about the various ways that you've found uh, that you can say no to all of those scenarios you laid out for us. Yeah, well, it's so many. So I say no a fair amount. Um, I'd say the most frequent reason I say no is because people are asking for me to add a reading um, in the week we're in. Like, can you just add, like, and they have really, really great intentions. Like their mom just came in town. They want their mom to come. And can I add a reading on Friday afternoon? Um, I, I'm fortunate enough to be fully booked lately. And so uh, there's a maximum amount of reading I can do in a week. So it kind of makes it easy for me if I think of it like that. So if I'm already doing, I'm just going to say that like 20 hours of reading and they want me to add a 21st hour, that is irresponsible to them. Number one, it's like, I just ran a marathon and somebody's saying, can you run one more mile? And I just can't give somebody a crappy mile that could affect all my other readings the next week for money. I just think that's wrong. So, so I say no to that a lot. Um, what else would I say no to? I say no. Uh, I had someone ask me recently for a free reading. I just said that I don't offer that. Um, I had someone ask me as far as like the rescheduling, I've had a couple people want to reschedule or get a refund when they couldn't make it. And I said, no, now, luckily, let me just say, no is easier to say if it's reflected in your terms, right? If, if what they got when they signed up for a reading had words about what they're asking now, then it makes it really simple because it's not personal. It's not about that person. I'm, you know, I always tell people, I'm on your team. I wanted you to be here. I, you know, and usually when they're not here, I'm spending that entire hour thinking about them anyway. Um, but at some point, there have to be logistical business decisions to keep the business running. Do you know what I mean? Does that answer your question at all about saying no? I mean, I think terms help a lot. Uh, I also will go ahead and tell everybody, uh, an interesting thing I've learned from doing this work is a, a large number of people don't read. <laughs> this is kind of a joke in, in our community, and I'm sure it is in several other communities that involve emails or confirmation emails or whatever. So that's another reason you'll get the same questions again. I mean, my confirmation email has my address. It has uh, rescheduling cancellation directions and some other things. And, and, and my, where my email is on my website has information on where to go to sign up. And every single day I get an email about how do I sign up. And I mean, listen, maybe it's, maybe just somebody wrote down my email from them and bless their hearts. They never saw the thing on the website, but it's very frequent which is fine. Like, are you fine getting the same question over and over again? Every day I get an email about where are you? I'm coming. Where are you? Um, and almost every day, not every day, but every week I get an email about how do I reschedule? And these are all people who have the information. And so just, it's good to have it in writing. I'm not saying they're going to read it, but it's good to refer back to. 
And then don't let me, I mean, you are going to have the clients that say, oh my gosh, I read your cancellation policy or, oh my gosh, I saw that and I respect your business decision. I mean, there are plenty of people who do read, but just don't be surprised when there are people who don't. Yeah. Anything else? Yes, Kelly. I'll ask a question that I get from people a lot. And then I hear in our community and just to get another perspective perspective is people are afraid sometimes to step into this work based on what their friends and family might think because they might have like you've been known to be an interior designer or in marketing and then all of a sudden now they're wanting to do what like pull cards for money so yeah. I get that kind of asked of me a lot how to navigate that so I'd love to hear if you have a, pers a perspective yeah I do so which is lovely I actually have a relative on this call right now my fabulous cousin. So, um, gosh, listen, I call, I wrote a blog post about this. It was coming out of the closet. Um, and it was harder to tell people I had psychic ability than it was to tell them I was an alcoholic. Um, and that's because in our culture, sobriety is really celebrated right now. And there's still kind of a split on <laughs> psychic ability right so it's i could i always say i could walk down the street and tell 10 strangers i'm sober and they give me a high five maybe not today because we're social distancing but in general and i could walk down the street and tell 10 strangers that i'm a psychic and i'd get kind of mixed response so it was hard um you know i do know that i had to get to a place where i needed to do it so much that that didn't matter anymore and i was willing to roll the dice on it what I can also tell you is it is unbelievable how quickly things normalize. Um, you know, my, listen, I don't know everything they think. It's not their job to tell me, but most of all of my friends and relatives were either supportive from the beginning or just protective of me from the beginning. I had some relatives who were worried about what other people might think and it kind of got them bowed up like, are we going to have to defend her? And that was a sensitive space for them. I, we kind of just talked through it together. Um, but now I don't, I just don't think anybody thinks about it anymore. I mean, I, I'd say two years in what was so unusual at the beginning was like completely normal. Like, of course, Lee talks to dead people. It's totally normal. Does that help with that? Yeah, it does. And I would also say as a, as a practitioner, um, once you really get in there and see how much you're helping people yeah and you feel just from that person in front of you what a difference you're making like all of the other at least for me all of the other voices just muted because mm -hmm. it's like you feel your impact and you know that you're being in service and that feeling and that dharma is so much bigger than yeah. the tiny voices that might have a judgment I totally agree. And also just wait. Timing is everything. Just wait on word of mouth to get around. Like I just had to be willing to go places and be places and wait for actual human behavior, word of mouth to get to all these people. Because hearing it from me wasn't going to change anything. But when they heard it from two people to two people to two people to two people to two, and then suddenly it was, you know, they got it from some totally different source about an experience. And everybody was like, wow. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that, you just reminded me of Corona virus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, 
So what I want to, I totally forgot to mention. So I do have an offering that works on this. It's called Psychic for a Living. And it's a one-on-one -on -one program where I would work with you on any or all of these items in whatever detail necessary. It's completely custom fitted for you and where you are in your life, business, endeavors. And uh, we would work together. There's an initial call that's an hour to see exactly where you are so I can form an uh like almost like a syllabus or itinerary for you. There's a, an intensive day we spend all day together. And then there are two follow-up calls for questions and uh, coaching, one a month out from your intensive and one two months out from your intensive. So if you have any uh, interest or questions about that, you can email me at um, contactleeonearth at gmail.com. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.